I just realized that I can plug a uh, external hard drive into my PC, la- my gaming laptop. Oh so, yeah, oh, yeah. You could have done I that. Sure. I could have. I know, but I just realized well, one that I had one left over from before, and then um, so I put that first whatever that Jedi game is. I, I downloaded that again so I can start playing Good. and modding that. Survivor. Huh? Yeah, I think survivors. Yeah. Those those games are they're well they're not free, but they if you subscribe to the EA, I couldn't uh, believe that gaming thing. They just give them to you, like I all the games, that. pretty much. Except Madden, they didn't give me, but like I paid eighty fucking dollars for that game. What now? That's like a year subscription Some... to the thing. I think. <laughs> what? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I know. I Joe's done my research. Like the day it came out, Joe sends me a screenshot. It's like nice. I'm like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I do that? I didn't. I didn't know. Well, I don't know. I haven't tried it on my uh, PlayStation because you can link the account onto that, so I might have it on there too. I mean, I'm I'm playing it. Zach's playing it, so like, there's enough people in the house playing it. It's fine. Yeah. Well, should we get into it? Oh, you know what? I wanted to say one thing. Do it then. I'm listening to a lot of podcasts these days, and I'm realizing it takes quite a bit of time to get through several podcasts. So if the listeners out there are listening to our podcasts regularly, I just wanted to say I appreciate it. Come <laughs> back to us because that's pretty cool. I mean, we don't get a lot of feedback, but if they are looking forward to our episodes and enjoying them hearing us talk our bullshit, it's nice to know that they're out there listening. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, I mean, the good thing about our podcast is we release an episode every two weeks. So <laughs> there's plenty we of time try to, to. Get- there's plenty yeah we try to there's plenty of time to get through one episode even when they're like two hours long or so yeah it's just once you start getting like a kind of a pile of 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 podcasts that you'd like to listen to yeah you start to realize like man i got it this is a lot to you know keep up with so Mm -hmm. it's cool to think they're coming back to ours that's kind of and especially if it's a music podcast because you probably want to listen to music too yeah that's another thing yeah there's albums you want to hear too absolutely because i i does i love podcasts too but I generally listen to music when I'm, yeah. when I'm driving around. Well, yeah. because of the Metallica album, I'm behind on a lot. Of, I listen to three or four podcasts, but I'm behind on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> because I've been listening to Metallica nonstop. And then this episode, episode was coming up, and I was like, shit, I'm way behind. Uh, well, speaking of music, you guys you guys are mentioning music. Um, I got to play some for the first time in a decade or more than well, a We haven't decade. talked about that? I thought we talked about that. Oh, I guess not, because last time we no, last week no, we recorded, no. we were yeah, about we haven't. To, you're yeah. about to do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh, got the, uh, you know, my, my old band got together to a reunion show up at the Auto Bar in Baltimore uh, with our friends at Revel Evans and uh, another band, uh, Dead End Lane. I'm sorry and, I couldn't make it. Hey, it was a Monday, Monday night, fucking night, man. On, Monday, yeah, Monday in rough. Baltimore. It, that, that was the whole thing. The fact that we did this first show we've done in 12 years on a Monday night, it's just the way <laughs> we used to do things. We used to play, you know, uh, Baltimore, like, so many. I mean, let's face it. I mean, my my, my drummer's ex wife. Man, goddamn, she fucking hated that shit so much because <laughs> it dissolved their marriage. You know what? I've, I've heard Who? about that. <laughs> How did you hear about that? I heard well, about that one way or another. You know, like yeah. But we we would we would play Baltimore like twenty times a fucking week, and we'd be doing like Tuesdays and Mondays and Thursdays instead of like. Oh, it was so frustrating. But one way or another. 
So we did a Monday night Monday night show. We had a good enough crowd for Monday, and um, a ton of old friends showed up. I will have to say that you know, like, yeah, being in a thrash punk band is, you know, I'm not in my twenties anymore. And I mean, there was one point, my guitar player, um, he was about to die. Oh boy! He just it, he just couldn't manage it. And of course, you know, mentioning the drummer again, um, he definitely was struggling to to keep up. You know, back in our day, we would, you know, start with one song and each song would end on a certain note that we'd eventually go right into the next song that would start on that note. And we'd do like, you know, four or five songs, start to finish. And we definitely can't do that now. <laughs> it was uh, it was still a tons of fun to play again and to yell my fucking ass off. And we recorded it live. So we might end up even, oh, nice. you know, putting something, but it's at least going to end up on YouTube if anybody cares about like you know a sloppy three chord thrash punk band that uh, you can't put it on Spotify or iTunes, we might we might we have to like it on vinyl. So pay them. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah. Oh, I would get right now. My, my my drummer my drummer has a record label that you know when he was living in Orlando, he and his bass player put out called DCPC. Um, Are we not so, allowed to refer to them by names because we know them? <laughs> Scott, Dan, Dan, and Scott. Well, Scott and Scott's another guy in Scott's old band, uh, Colin Dead, are the guys that have this record label. Dan oh, I, think, I know. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the band. Yes. Okay. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. seemed like you're being awfully secretive about. <laughs> Ooh, nobody knows who Scott and Dan are. No, <laughs> there are two other guys in the band. Their names are Scott and Dan. I think we played shows with them. Yes, quite a number of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I broke my nose to one of your shows. All right. I mean, hey, I mean, let's face it. Wait, time out. You know, Joe, you were you played bass in the first show of yeah. that old band. But I don't think was Dan in the band then. Mm-mm. I didn't think so. He, was, yeah, Chris Lazo was still. Oh, that's right, Chris yeah. Lazo. Okay. Why did you play bass? Do you have like an injury? Uh, or I, I, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, John, it's a cool John, story. The lead singer, John. Lee, he he scheduled the show for September, and then we're all like, "Yeah, right." Well. I'm in the marching band and I didn't think about that when we scheduled the show, all of a sudden band camp starts and all of a sudden it's like, I've got a fucking football game that Uh. night (laughs) and there's no No. fucking way. I mean, that like, I'd be like, sorry, Mr. C, my band has a gig. I can't play marching band that (laughs) night. That's it. I would be kicked out of the uh, the marching band. That's no way in hell I would have survived that. So I had to tell John, like, I'm sorry, I can't play our first gig. And John and John was like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, well, why don't we ask Joe? And Joe was like, what are we playing? Okay, I could have done this in my sleep. You know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the, uh, the yeah. bass lines were not too. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that easy. Well, one way or another. Uh, th- yes, that's the very first band, sh- my, my very first band show ever. I didn't you even get, play. Joe you did. two. Tim and Eric, you get one guess as to where the show was. <laughs> they know. Oh, you uh, know. I'm, I'm guessing Just it was Benders. Benders. It was Benders. Benders. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Would have to be. Yeah. What, 93-ish Three. probably? 93. Yeah. 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 September 93. There you go. Hey. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what we're talking about. 93. That's right. I yes. agree. I think I think Nirvana album came out in September '93. Actually, it did. <laughs> yeah, probably that same week. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just say it's well, the same week. It's that's probably a, good a Tuesday. Segue. So, yeah, right. yeah. So, 
Since welcome back to uh, no. Welcome back to Somewhere in Time podcast, everybody. Somewhere in Time podcast.com is where you find us online. Go find us and like all of our shit. Uh, I am Eric. Yeah. We've got Tim here. Yo, Keith is here. Word. And Joe is here. Here. This episode, we've got two bands. Um, we're going to talk about uh, "In Utero" by Nirvana and "Pussy Whipped" as an honorable mention from the band Bikini Kill. So, let's start with that one because, well, I don't have a lot to say on this one, quite frankly. And <laughs> Keith is going to be the one that's going to say all that stuff on this one. But uh, any any nominations, Keith, for a song to pick? Because I, I mean, um, we'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and, and start. The hit. There's yeah. a hit. Rebel Girl. Y- yeah. I That's mean, the only song me... I kind of liked. So. Well, that is that is no sp- the anthem. I mean, that is flat out. Um, and that is the very first music that was ever played for my daughter. She was about two hours old. Oh, my gosh. Uh, really? Oh, yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. She was about two hours old, and I played. She might have been asleep. You guys, all of you guys that have kids know damn well what that point of time oh yeah their eyes don't really like you know but i i made sure damn well the first goddamn song my daughter ever heard was rebel goal on bikini kill all right well here it is wccc <laughs> you gotta keep talking until she starts singing yeah the post coming at you very good Got some dancing going on there it's funny you say that. They reminded me a bit of the Misfits. Imagine that. All right. So There's this band is from uh, Olympia, Washington. Original. Formed in 1990. The band was the pioneer of the Riot Girl movement, apparently. Pioneers of the Riot Girl movement. I thought that was pronounced Riot Grill. No, it's Girl. It makes more sense now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is, uh, the band is Kathleen Hanna on vocals, Billy Karen on guitar, Kathy Wilcox on bass, and is it Toby, Toby Valley? Toby Vale, sorry. On drums. Toby Vale, yeah. Yes. Apparently they switched instruments a lot yeah, well, they I don't, see here. not not a not a lot, but yes, uh, there okay. are you know another another thing regarding this band is um they were supposed to play shows back in two thousand nineteen or one show mm. and as uh you know it pretty much sold out in about a minute and a half, so they set up two other shows to play locally here in two thousand nineteen or but unfortunately, uh, one thing about uh Kathleen uh, Kathy you know uh Kathleen Hanna, um, and I could go, uh, I don't know if anybody would, is interested in learning more about this woman. Uh, there is, uh, she, I believe, wrote her own autobiography called The Punk Singer, and there is a, uh, a movie that I actually got to see back in January, or February, saw it in February called The Punk Singer, that is a, you know, an auto, a, a, you know, a documentary about her. Um, mm. One big thing that has affected her you know, um, um, immensely throughout, you know, the last 20 years, um, she got Lyme disease. Mm. Oh, geez. And, um, you know, hey, she, you know, Lyme disease, well, uh, she took some pills, whatever. 
Um, yeah. Eventually, as she kept on touring, you know, there was one time she was, uh, her other band, La Tigra, I think, was um, setting up to do, a, you know, she was doing um, warm-ups in North Carolina, and she realized she, she couldn't do it. And oh, she had to stop. So she ended up, you know, going to doctors and doctors and specialists and bouncing around for literally 10 to 20 years. And somebody finally realized that, okay, you remember when you had Lyme disease, like, you know, 25 years ago, it's actually an aspect of that, that never, you never got rid of. And that has been an, an illness that has seriously affected her. There's a part of the, uh, the documentary where, you know, flat out, you can see her, Sitting on her couch, not able to move, and she can communicate, Ugh. but it's, it is, you know, every time you look and see that, you know, somebody's asking for more money or for some disease or whatever, that disease is affecting somebody really badly. Some yeah, people get it worse than others, but yeah. you know, one way or another. So when these shows were finally coming, she got nailed with this illness. And they're like, oh, we'll postpone them. So they postpone them, you know, for a year, you know, for to 2020, you know, because no big <clears throat> deal. You right. Know? Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, then uh, everything. So one way or another, these tickets went on sale in 2019. I didn't buy them la- back then. Um, it got postponed to 2020, which then, you know, COVID ruined everyone's lives. Got pushed back to 2022. I don't know. One way or another, this thing's been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. I ran into friends at a show. My friends, the, the goons, played a, a reunion show back in January at the Black Cat. Ran into some old friends, and they had a spare ticket. I'm like, please oh, take nice. me. So, yeah, yeah uh, that's how I managed to get my hands on a ticket to see Bikini Kill uh, back in April. And um, uh, that's the, the craziest thing. Again, uh, Eric mentioned that this band is from Olympia, Washington. When they started back in the early 90s or maybe even late 80s, whenever it was that they got around to it, um, they were based in the Washington music scene uh, and yeah. had, you know, Toby actually dated uh, Kurt Cobain for about six months. We'll get to that eventually. But one way or another, um, once they were kind of done with Seattle or the, you know, Washington, they moved to Washington, D.C. Kathleen oh. Hanna actually, well, that. Kathleen Hanna uh, grew up in Maryland. Uh, she's oh, okay. Originally That's from right. that, you know, her, her, her parents are from there. Uh, she had a horrible, you know, family life, but one way or another, we'll maybe get to that as well. Uh, they moved back here because they were really felt that the DC punk scene was the, uh, you know, the area that they really wanted to kind of mm-hmm. get into and expand. So that's the big thing. Back in 1993, when Joe was playing my bass lines, you know, <laughs> this band was actually centered here, and uh, you know, uh, like I knew of them. Now at the time, I was still conservative which you know i don't know what i would have done back in those days if i had really gotten into bikini kill but the other big thing for me is i knew of the band i had heard of them i had heard it's like insane then i went to college in 1994 with you know my guitar player dan uh was my roommate and he picked up you know the cd of their first bunch of seven inches and i threw it in. i was so excited to hear this band and I, this is right when I was, you know, I think anybody who's listened to the show knows that I was a big metalhead. It's where I, everything started for me. And then I got into punk in 93. But I still had that kind of metal kind of phase going on. So when I first heard this band, I was like so disappointed because it's just not a whole lot of distortion. 
There's, there's, there's like, there's, <laughs> well, there's, like the musically, there's, this isn't like screaming in my face. I was expecting this, these, I was expecting this music to just be like, just destroying my soul. And it isn't, it's not really, you know, uh, it's pretty simplistic, you know, let's face it. And another big thing about them is they're entirely bass heavy. You know, guitar is playing, but guitar is almost just kind of a sound effect for the bass player. You know, it, it's, you know, there, there's nothing crazy going on music-wise, but it is a bass, you know, generated sound. Like when they switch instruments, you know, pretty much Toby, the drummer, will come out and do vocals. When that happens, the bass player plays drums and Kathleen, the vocalist, will hop on the bass. Oh. You know? Huh. Well... I wish they would at least tune their guitars before they start playing them, because that's the one thing that drove <laughs> yeah. me fucking crazy, especially the last song. I couldn't get through the last song. It was like, God damn it. It's it just so grating on my ears. Well, here's the, the thing is, it's not, it's not what we I know, listen I know. to. And, yeah, and, and yeah. It's, so it's, yeah. I never, well, a Rebel Girl actually realized I have heard that before, and I think I've, I think that it's in um, one of the rock band games is where I've heard it. Oh, okay. Oh, makes and, sense. But there is a version of that song that Joan Jett, I think, co-produced. Oh, and it, oh it, no, 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 no. She she produced she produced their version. Not not on this album. Not on is this it, album. But no, no. I mean, I've I've got it upstairs. A seven, a seven inch. One of the there's, Joan, there's Jett, a, Joan Jett. Like when they were still in Olympia, when they were still in Washington, she recorded two. I don't know. I, I'd have to. I'd have to double check, but I, I, I've got a seven inch that Joan Jett produced and recorded. Right. And, and yeah, that, well, yeah, that's what I was saying, but there, the, I think that's the version that was in the, the video game. Okay. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's, it's much cleaner sounding and, and less, I don't know. I don't know if it's less punk, but it, you know what I mean? Like it, it just, it sounds more polished. Yeah. More um, produced. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this, so I realized that I, I recognized the song, but um, I thought it was, pretty good at fucking album really i'm not saying i'm gonna go listen to it again <laughs> anytime soon but mm. for what it is i think it's i think it's good the the songs are they're kind of cool i don't i don't for and if you're playing a punk song you don't really have to tune it's more yeah. about the attitude right i know so, definitely more about the attitude yeah i get and that. they and this album has some fucking attitude and it's really oh, it does cool. yeah so I, I i dug it i know we're not gonna we're not going to grade it, right? Honorable mention. We should. We grade We're going to grade it. Oh, we grade it. Yeah. I'm yeah. always trying to get out of grades. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard to grade then. It's, yeah. It's just I, out I of my wheelhouse. Yeah. It is. It is hard to grade. It's really hard to grade. Not for me, but that's fine. I just, it's like I said, it's it's part of a bigger movement. I mean, part it, of a bigger it, scene. It's, exa it's, exactly. This well, is, yeah, you know, but I'm taking it as the album. Like, just like. Yeah. As a person who's never heard this album before, and you throw this album on, I'm gonna grade it the way I like I, the way I hear it. This is the way I hear. It. I'm not taking into a, into account elements that it you know, it inspired other things, and it was the pioneering oh, album for the either. girl movement. Hmm. I just am grading it on what I listen to and how I feel about it, and I didn't like it. So, well, I tried it's, to put myself in the mindset of somebody who likes punk, and I think I would fucking like this album a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. I like some punk. And there's, I just don't. I don't know. And I thought I like the last song was really good. I'm sorry, I keep cutting off. Too. I just thought the last song was really fucking good, even though it's a. Oh, a no, I couldn't For finish. Tammy Ray, right? Yeah. Mm. Sorry, I'm done, Tim. Sorry. I was going to say, it's it's like, 
there's bad as in like great white and like poison where there's well, just it's bad because it's bad and then there's bad because i don't i'll explain like my it, grade when we get there yeah or that house yeah, me teenage rave oh god yeah like this there's a there's depth <laughs> to this there's something more behind this to, yeah. that it's hard to just be like well it's bad you're like well but this people get so into this that there's something way more to it than just like well that's a shitty yeah. song yeah yeah like there's more to roses this than of the music. exactly yeah there is this, so it's hard to be like well it sucks uh, it's hard to say it sucks because like that's a it's a there's it's a bigger it's Maybe bigger than you. that this was this <laughs> i don't was know sort of, it's <laughs> this was a sort of riot girl now as much as you know you know we, i mean what are a bunch four fucking white middle class guys right from, you know Fairfax and Loudon going to be saying yeah. about you know the movement of a, a, a feminist movement that occurred in the early nineties, but right. this was like really a change kind of in the atmosphere. One thing that you know we'll get to you know Nirvana, you know um, how let's face it, we the, the whole you know women being background dancers of wearing bikinis in all of the goddamn hair videos of of the eighties, yeah, yeah. you know. Pearl Jam wasn't going to fucking stand for that. Kurt Cobain, you know, rape me. The, we'll get to that. You know, that's really what he's talking about in that song is the fact that, you know, women should be picking up their guitars and screaming. You know, part of his, you know, he he dated a lot of musicians, you know, eventually married and then had a child with yeah, Courtney yeah. Love, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, you know, the, the whole thing about this band and the expression that they were doing, the start of Riot Girl, and really what it was was, you know, Kathleen Hanna trying to get women to um, empower themselves, you know, and that's one thing, like, you know, when it comes to feminism, a lot of people talk about equality, you know, equal to what? Men. What fucking men? You know, according to the, what is it, the Constitution, you know, all black men are three-fifths of a human being or whatever, you know. Oh, God. They're, you know, it's old white men is what everyone wants to be equal to because those rich motherfuckers are the guys that have all the power. You know, there is no equality. It's all about empowerment. And, you know, when it comes to Riot Girl, I really feel that what Kathleen Hanna was trying to get to was women taking ownership of their own actions, whether it be to just stand in the goddamn streets and start screaming bloody fucking murder at every goddamn institution, or, you know, another big aspect of her is, you know, she was at the time, a, you know, a stripper, you know, in, in downtown D.C. That's how she made some cash. Oh, well, okay. You know, while, you know, I mean, let's face it, you know, Bikini Kill wasn't, you know, selling out theaters. They weren't, you know, they were a huge and important band, but they weren't making tons of cash from any of it. And most of what the cash they were making was going to get put back into the scene with zines and, and so much other stuff that she was trying to promote her message. So much so that the media kind of got a hold and then she became the goddamn spokesmodel for everything. Mm -hmm. And that pissed her to fucking hell. And she eventually had to, you know, kind of stage this um, media, uh, what is it? I have media a silence. Yeah, it's okay. like pretty much ordered media silence for for Riot Girls. So that because every time anybody said anything, guess what? Who said it? It was Kathleen Hanna. Like anytime anyone did anything, hmm. Kathleen Hanna was the cause of it, and she got blamed. She was pointed out, and it was it, it really turned into a really bad situation for her. And this, of course, is long after this album came out in you know ninety three, but it's, it's how she has become like a personification of this movement. And as much as she really did was the instigator, 
that did so much and has been an inspiration for so many women within the you know the music scene and I mean talk about Sleater Kinney you could talk about so many bands uh Bratmobile I guess she actually they pulled off from Bratmobile a little bit one way or another um Spice Girls you know. <laughs> uh, Girl. you, I mean as much as you say that that this kind of shit is what kind of got I mean definitely not the Spice Girls but yeah one way or another um I'm going to feel uh, like a dick Calling this album shitty. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, you, you made a lot of good points. Be honest. I mean, be, be honest. I mean, let's face it. If you don't like the music, you don't like the music, and that is totally fucking fine. And you yeah. know, I'm pretty sure they, they're not going to mind. Guy <laughs> <I> not. <laughs> no, I mean, no, they don't. They you don't think they're going to mind that some are you, 47 year old guy? Anything Malmsteen is not on this album. You know, I mean, but uh, yeah, right. are you? Are you I'm looking? Totally, I, I like. Are you coming at this, Eric? Is is like. I'm almost trying to be purely musicianship and, and songwriting or. Yeah. Okay. Like, like I don't, I, I, cause I, I just can't, I don't feel like that. Uh, and, from and, my point of view, I, I can't really grade a punk album on those same things that we grade a lot of the metal albums on. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so that, I, I, that. I had to, I had to alter my, my thought process a little. And and plus, yeah. it's just playable. I'm just, just, I'm just grading it on. Do I like it or not? 25 minutes. Well, that's fair enough then. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do, do I like it or not? If I don't yeah. like it, I don't like it. Like, what the fuck, right? <laughs> and I, for the most part, don't like it. Like, there's a couple songs that are okay, but for the most part, I just don't get it. And I think that's the main thing. I just don't get Wait. it. Like, I like some uh, punk yeah, stuff, but this doesn't, this doesn't appeal to me for some reason. I mean, you don't have to like it because they, you, you could agree 100% with what they're, they're talking about and not like the album. Right. Yeah. Like and it. I do like, I, I completely see what Keith is saying and it's yeah. important and it's, it's actually very cool. Uh, and I, you know, it makes me respect them a lot more than I did just listening to the album. Cause you know, again, I, I listened to this album twice. It's 23 minutes long. So I had, you know, it took me less than an hour to listen to this album two, two times. Um, yeah. and I didn't like, honestly, I didn't dig into it. Like I didn't dig into the lyric. I looked at some of the lyrics and I was, you know, there were some moments I was like, wow, that's pretty, you know, that's kind of shocking for a band. You know, some of the lyrics are a little bit, you know, shocking. She says content. Uh, sugar. Uh, automatically. Uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Good. Like, yeah. So you know that was I mean, kind of caught me off guard but i didn't I mean, that's, I didn't one, and that's another thing it. to think about this was 1993 you think about like those lyrics in today with um uh, what the hell is her name Nicki well, minaj what ass Nicki minaj yes Nicki minaj <laughs> and, or, or yeah who does the wet ass pussy oh the, um no it's it's not her, no uh, that's that's cardi b cardi, cardi b, cardi b yeah. yeah i mean one yeah. way like in this day and age like none of this stuff this is like great this is like freaking G, yeah, compared to the stuff coming ago. out today. Oh, yeah, but yeah, back in 1993, like her just you know saying, like, um, you know, the, the lyrics sugar, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, yeah, you're gonna make me come that that was like holy crap, and it was it was all about you know ownership of you know, like look at um, Alien She, she it's a song about like some girl, like, oh, you want me to be like you, and you're pretty, pretty, um. You want me to go to the mall, and it's it's about kind of a, a back and forth of, you know, I yeah. maybe I do like doing that or something, like, you know, along those lines. I, I, I yeah, that's probably should, I probably should shut the fuck up because I'm, I'm probably getting completely wrong my interpretation. No, I but, I, I get what you're saying because I listened to, listening to it, reading the lyrics, and I was like, if I was a chick who was pissed off at what the world was shoving in my face, I'd probably be way into this. Like screaming the lyrics too, but like I'm I'm a 51 year old guy. <laughs> I'm like, it's not really 
hitting me, but yeah, I could see it hitting exactly. somebody else in a, in a way. I mean, like Pam said, my wife said she would just scream these lyrics. And like, I totally get that. I love reading the lyrics. I get why you would. 100%. It's, you know, Pam, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a message that you want to get out to the world. It's almost, she said it's similar to Rage Against the Machine, where right. you're just like, fuck yeah. You know, and reading the lyrics, knowing what the lyrics are saying and feeling it. I totally get that. So or that's where I, mean, like, I get that too. Yeah. yeah. So or, I, I or even so, Pantera in a way, like just being angry. Okay, all right. No, 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 no. We are not comparing. Well, he's yeah, just yeah, saying yeah, like no, the, the, saying the anger, something that you can rage. relate to musically. Yeah. Yeah. You feel something when you hear it and you want to get that rage out. Similar. That. Yeah. But it I mean, would, it would be like, we don't, I don't know. We, I guess it's like when an album gives totally you chills because of lyrics, where you're like, fuck yeah, those are such good lyrics. And yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. Like, and I, I have no problem shitting on a band like Green Jelly. I think that's fucking garbage, but you know, <laughs> there's nothing there. But this, you're like, well, shit. Like, uh, yeah, there's something behind this that's deeper than just being like, well, I don't like the music, so fuck it. That's difficult. I mean, it's yeah. tough. I mean, like we talked about Bad Brains back, you know, a while ago. Yeah, yeah. The influence, the influence of that band, you know, as much as you know, you guys weren't, you know, the biggest fans of that. You, we all know. I mean, let's face it. We had, you know, Tommy Victor on here, flat out saying that Bad Brains was the original hardcore, and that, that, you know, yeah, yeah. they're the you know, one way or another. This is a band. You know, you listen to a lot of, you know. I mean, let's face it, you know, um, Pixies, you know, uh, started well before this, but, you know, I, uh, I mean, Sleater Kenny, um, I mean, I'd say probably no doubt, you know, there's so many other female based bands that this kind of shit turned into a, you know, started, they, this was the diving board that so many of these female fronted bands kind of L seven, you know, L L seven. Uh, they might have been around before these guys, but mm. you know, uh, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but and it does, you know, I, as much as I don't like the album, I respect what you're saying, and I, I get what Tim's saying. I still have a hard time with it because I just don't as a as a, as as the album plays, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, there's uh, the, yeah. it's just there's about, some stuff on there that's like about, fuck, that's so irritating. Yeah. Well, how about, like, how about how about how about we play? How about we get into it? And let's face it, this is an opener, so let's play a few tracks. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's play. When she play flat out one. screams, oh my god! When she screams, it's like oh my god, it's like a four year old having me. a temper tantrum. It's like, yeah, oh my I'm god, like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, yeah, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the star-bellied boy. I think is the one where I was like. Before you play, before you play, I just want to mention that Rebel Girl was also. Um, it was in. It was they say employed prominently on the Oranges and the New Black. So I, I've probably heard of uh, that oh. as well. It was also in. Okay. Rock I'm Band. sure I heard of them. I think I've yeah. seen. If you listen to, that, yeah. if you listen to, that, I'm sure it was the the more produced version that they they used though. Just like probably, yeah, yeah. Now, you want to hear Blood One? Okay, I'll play a little bit of that. Yeah, start that from the I mean, all songs are like a minute 40. <laughs> exactly. We could literally play all of them and still not out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bass driven. 
this is the part I related to. I don't understand either. Sorry. <laughs> She's saying, I don't understand. I don't understand his lyrics. Well, how about play the chorus of Alien She? I don't have a time frame on that, but I'm pretty sure. Well, um, again, it won't, it won't take long. <laughs> yeah. 18 seconds, maybe. You know the the music, Joe. I can hear kind of misfitsy there. Mm-hmm. I know you said yeah. they reminded you of misfits. Some and the music does a little bit. I can hear and the first Guar album and the first Guar album for sure. Yeah. Yes, very much. <laughs> yeah, I got that too on some of these. Songs. A lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the <Yeah>. north. Only <laughs> <Holy> north. Only <laughs> <Holy> north. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, what was it? Sugar. Yeah, that's. Well, we should probably play that too. All right, right? Oh, yeah, let me let me just. Uh, and I, I wish I have where this quote came from. Sugar reflects the pornographic sexual narrative men have fed women, asking why can't I ever get my sugar, yeah. and proposing that in a new female-led fantasy she can almost reach orgasm. Now, now, now. Yeah, that's. I kind of assume that based on the title and the lyrics, obviously. I mean, the the first few lyrics are, it's like war in reverse. Yeah. Didn't play this one with my daughter in the car. <laughs> I wouldn't no? think so, no. <laughs> this isn't the first you know, time you played for your daughter. <laughs> God. Well, if you compa- make the comparison to Guar, though, like, Odorous was the um, satirical version of the, like, this ultra-sexualized masculine yes. phallus, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, in a way, it's it's kind the of the same. exact opposite of this. But, well, no, it's... But it's not because they weren't serious about it. They were, yeah. if anything, uh, I would say making fun of the stuff that they acted like or sang about. Yeah. So it's kind of a. Another thing you, you mentioned. It's kind of a that. parallel kind of, in a way. Well, well, time out uh, because that's another thing Kathleen Hanna brings up in her, you know, uh, the uh, documentary. Just like, you know, how do I have a relationship with the guy that wrote girls because oh. she she's been married to ad rock for 20 years oh right okay oh wow so, right. yeah oh. yeah so like you know the, and in the bathroom yeah she's married well, to that guy yeah they, <laughs> no, they, but they, they, they've apologized for that yeah yes, definitely yeah. they hate that song. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah hey but one way or another he you know 
It is ironic. Involved in the writing. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. married to him. So. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> you have um, you have things you say and do when you're younger that you regret yeah. now. Regret afterwards, yes. That's yeah. True. Well, if you're an evolving human, yes. <laughs> well, you mentioned yeah. we'll, we'll talk about this later. We should probably mention it now. The uh, the fact that the drummer did date Kurt Cobain and the the title of Nirvana's most popular song well, came from came from her well, basically. Yeah, I'll right. let you tell the story. Um, I don't know the story. I just all right. So, um, <laughs> Toby, the drummer of this band, used to date a, a very famous guy called Kurt Cobain. Now uh, they didn't date too long, but one way or another. There's a certain phrase that got, you know, used that turned into, um, well, the anthem for our generation. <laughs> Smells like teen spirit came from, well, this. And uh, I think this is a direct quote. Well, uh, one way or another, I'll be quoting something, I believe, from the book. All right. Uh, it all started with a, gr- a trip to the grocery store and a can of deodorant that caught Hannah and Val and Toby Vale's eyes. Um, I remember that night we were just hanging out and getting drunk at the grocery store in Olympia. Me and Toby were like, Oh, look at this. It's so crazy. It's called teen spirit. We were laughing saying your arm smells like teen spirit or whatever. We were both joking and round because the name looks so funny. I mean, who names a deodorant teen spirit? (laughs) What does teen spirit smell like? Like a locker room, like pot mixed with sweat, like the smell when you throw up in your hair at a party. Later that night, things got crazy. I, and I think I here is Kathleen, ended up hanging out uh, with Kurt and Dave that night, Hannah recalls. We got pretty drunk and did uh, this thing where we turned off all the lights and smashed everything in Kurt's room. We didn't know it was, uh, uh, he didn't know it was deodorant. I felt a bit of an asshole and I didn't tell him. Um, I started drawing on a wall in a Sharpie marker. I wrote, Kurt smells like teen spirit because it was in my head from earlier in the grocery store. (laughs) He, did, he didn't know it was deodorant. I felt like a bit of an asshole that I didn't tell him, but uh, I kind of thought it was funny. He just liked the ring of it. it. Smells like teen spirit. But he also just had a good knack for picking up on interesting phrases. <laughs> so that's how the phrase smells like teen spirit came. He was unaware that it was an actual teenage <laughs> product for like <laughs> deodorant for teenage girls. That that's pretty awesome. Doesn't smell very good. <laughs> uh, yes, it, it's not as though he had, and of course, when I first heard it, I was just like, "Yeah, man, Teen Spirit," because of high school. <laughs> but um, another aspect of their relationship, Toby and Kurt only dated for about six months uh, in 1990. Uh, Kurt was smitten by Toby, um, and he loved her more. Uh, and there's some book that came out that uh, he, at the time, was actually dating someone named Tracy. And they broke up, but they still lived together because they were both broke. And that's when he started dating Toby. And um, for the most part, and this is some kind of speculation bullshit, but one way or another, they only dated for six months in 1990. She dumped him, or maybe he dumped her because he wanted something committed. And she just, she wanted to, you know, have sex with a lot of people. Hey. Sex is fun, but one way or another, um, uh, he felt heartbroken because of it. And people say that that's what inspired a lot of the music from Nevermind. 
Uh, fuck. <laughs> One way or another, that that is the relationship between Bikini Kill and Nirvana, and how the the name of the anthem of Generation X occurred. It's actually a goddamn commercial for fucking deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's my brain playing tricks on me, but I feel like I do remember commercials for Teen Spirit. I mean, I do too, but I mean, but, but did any of us make that connection back in the day? Smoke no. like Teen Spirit? When I thought Smoke like Teen Spirit, no. I'm like, yeah, man, this is a statement. And as it turns out, no, it was a, a pure accident. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. I mean, it's. It yeah. is. It is. It is. It's. That's so not the bizarre. only connection they had to Nirvana, though. They had. Um... I mean. Well, I know Dave. I mean, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Yeah, Dave Grohl lived in an apartment with Kurt Cobain in Olympia. So, yeah, didn't um, who was it? Um, I mean, probably the apartment Tammy, where they wrote Tammy Ray, the song that for Tammy Ray is about uh, Tammy Ray Carland. She, I think, would do. I think I read that she did poetry or something. There was some other connection there besides that. So I guess they were. Hmm. They, they all I mean, knew each other. They were, yes. I mean, they were very well. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, Nirvana came from the punk scene, unlike the entire rest of grunge. Um, so they were tight. You know, like, these bands were all, these two at least, were tight. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Kurt Cobain, you know, kind of, especially, well, I don't know if we want to get into this yet, but, um, ah, God damn it. I don't even think I took notes on it, but, uh, uh, Fucking Courtney Love at some goddamn show, like I don't know, ah, Coachella two thousand. Maybe it was Lollapalooza or something in nineteen ninety seven or something. You know, uh, Kitty Kill went to take the stage, and like Courtney Love punched Kathleen Hanna in the face. Oh my god! What? Because, I mean, exactly. Ex- ex- oh god damn it! I wish I took fucking notes on it. God damn! I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. Take a controversial stand here and say that Courtney Love is maybe not the nicest (laughs) person. I mean, it's it's another thing. Like I've never really heard anything good about her, and I never. Well, I'm getting ahead of, but I never understood why the fuck Kurt Cobain was with her. Jesus Christ! Well, she was she was an icon. I mean, let's face it. You know, uh, Faith No More. I mean, she was involved for. Long before grunge ever happened, she was involved in the music scene. <laughs> yeah, that's it. true. I, I don't either, but one way or another, I mean, look, there's a band called Courtney Love that I think she ended up suing. <laughs> but I mean, they they started in like 1993, so before she was, you know, whole was like a. I mean, I don't know. Well, people knew about her in '93. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well. Well, a uh, transition. Yeah, we should probably move on to Nirvana. We should grade this album real quick, though, right? Do we have to grade it? I don't feel great grading this. Oh, I, oh <laughs> I, I'll grade this all you fucking want. I think you guys know what the fuck's going to come out of my mouth. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Keith. Say A it. plus. Yeah. A plus, 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 plus. I mean, <laughs> this one gets the goddamn fucking Christmas story Christmas treatment. Christmas story. <laughs> wow. I'm not grading it. <laughs> You're going to screw up the average. You're going to make it like a B because of this. I just don't. Well, I don't. 
I don't know. I don't know how to grade it. It's not my, I like what it is. I think it doesn't offend me in any way. It's just not something I want to listen to. It's not my, my genre. So I don't know how to grade. That's, give it a, that. give it a three. That's what I thought too, but I, I'll grade it anyway. But I had the same thought. I was like, it's like trying to grade like a French paper or like a trigonometry yeah. paper. And I'm like, I don't know how to speak that language. So I don't know how to grade it. <laughs> but uh, like I, I would uh, just like give it a C. It's like, you know, just go right down mm-hmm. the middle. Bam. I C. Like that's, you know, like eh. it's a cop out, but like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Not great. It's fine. It's fine. It's not as though Kathleen Hanna is going to be, you know, jumping through and like hitting you with a. Uh, a I'm not. I don't ever grade an album. I don't ever grade an album out of fear of violence upon me by the no. person that we're reviewing. Or like for retaliation because they're not. They're never going to fucking hear this. <laughs> like like impact on unless they're on the show plus. with us. Unless they're on the show with well, us. This is really going to affect the riot scene of 1990. Uh, the riot girl scene of 1993. Our podcast is about albums and like, you know, the music that comes from these albums. And so as purely based on the music that came from this album, and I'd never heard of anything, never heard of this band before, and I didn't know what they stood for, and I'm not going to let that influence my grade. I don't like this album. I think it sucks. It's an F for me. I'm sorry. Wow. Don't say sorry. That's what where's you the, yeah, where's I mean, the hey, line that's... from uh, Only Murders? Own it. Oh, shit. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Thank play you for reminding player. me. This is what I... <laughs> and you know, I'm such a huge fan of terrible music. How have I never heard this? <laughs> <laughs> and if I was to if I was to offer a review of this, it would be if you like albums where the guitar sounds like a six year old picked it up and just started strumming the strings, this album would be well, for you. Pl- play that. Yeah. yeah. But no, it no, no. Much. I mean that makes total sense because I mean the guitar in this <laughs> is like an afterthought. Like the guitar just is like kind of it's it's the guitar here is doing what most bass players and metal do, like they just kind of follow along whatever the hell the goddamn guitarist is doing. This time the bass player is playing, and the guitar player is just like kind of. Oh, you. Well, this is chords? this is what this yeah. is what got me. I was like, oh, oh there it is. I, oh. oh, it's grating. It hurts my ears. Isn't that a diminished ninth? (laughs) No, it's an out of tune A. All yeah, right. it's pretty rough. All right. So, Joe, you're abstaining? Mm-hmm. Not right. going to do it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, shall we move on? Yeah. So, Nirvana. 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 <laughs> yes. Nirvana. <laughs> Nirvana. This well, is, uh, well, let's see. Wait, who, who is in this band? Well, let's play a little <laughs> bit of it first. Um, here, let's... I don't know. Fuck it. How about this one? You play anything on it. Good. It's kind of a slow start, but it, it builds up. 
All right, this band, uh, as you know, Kurt Cobain, talked about that guy. Vocals and guitar, Chris Novoselic on bass, and Dave Grohl on drums. Um, There are some cello parts on All Apologies and Dumb by Kira Shaley. Producer is Steve Albini, also engineering and mixing. Kind of. Yeah, there yeah, are some. There are <laughs> some, some stories. Uh, <laughs> yes, and I have I have clips of that too. So, and Crazy so, shit. yeah. That I mean, we can start with that. I mean, there, there's so there's there's a couple things with the production. First of all, there's a 2013. Is that right? Yeah, 2013, yeah, 2013. remix yeah. of it. So it's completely remixed by by Steve Albini. Actually, he went back in and actually made some changes. And That's which version? Because I got confused. It was so there's, there's, yeah. In in 2013, they released the anniversary. Yeah, they released. Well, the 20th well, well, how about how about we, how about we go through <laughs> the production of this to start it off, so that people get a sense of, you know, for the most part, you know, Kurt had his favorite bands, and you know, as much as Nirvana sold incredibly, and all of a sudden he's this big, huge rock star, he thought of some of those classic albums of his and he thought he wanted to try and pull in that producer which steve albini was the guy who did uh pixies, know, pixies album yeah trip to Mon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um uh, what else but one way or another so he grabbed this guy the record label you know they were just you know yeah sure dude make us lots of money because uh <laughs> our work is really meaningful because you know the, the work we do, one way or another. <laughs> well, they um, wanted them to go in the studio in '92, and they were actually trying to get them to release something in the winter of '92, but they couldn't make it happen. Oh, so that's man, why they all released the work they did trying to get them into the studio to force them to produce something so they can make money for these fucking piece of shit. Albums. Well, they did with Incesticide because yeah. yeah. they forced them to yeah. put out Incesticide. Anyway, back to what you were saying. Yeah, one way or another. So. He wants to pull in the guy that made some of his favorite albums. So they pull in Steve Albini, and they show up. And uh, let's face it, it uh, they recorded in, what, two weeks? Which two weeks, a, yep. Yeah, two, two weeks, weeks yeah. time. Kurt's, well, I, here, I have some clips on Albini yeah, talking about. Well, let's, so, let's go, uh, so the first thing I'll play is, uh, let's see, Albini's take on the band itself. So he, he talks about hearing Nevermind and what he thought about that. Personally, I think it's a terrific album. I, I was not a fan of Nirvana before I started working on that record. Sorry, I should start over. When he says the, the first thing he says is he's talking about In Utero, and then he talks about Nevermind. Personally, I think it's a terrific album. I, I was not a fan of Nirvana before I started working on that record. I wasn't that familiar with their music. What I had heard of it struck me as pretty much of a type, and the type meaning like a sort of hybrid between the Stooges and the Melvins. Like, I... I, I I kind of had that impression of their music without listening to it very carefully. The Nevermind album blew up, became super huge. I have to admit that I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Having said that, while we were working on the In Utero album, uh, the band had cassette dubs of the album as it was originally recorded with Butch Vig, 
and that cassette those cassette dubs were what they would listen to as a band when they were discussing that album and i thought those cassette dubs sounded fantastic when it finally made its way through the process of being remixed at the disc, you know at the behest of the the label it, i it didn't appeal to me as a listener but it probably wasn't supposed to so anyway yeah so that's what you're talking about with the so they did the whole album right and they were pretty much happy with it and the 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 studio or the i'm sorry the record company was like it needs to be mastered it needs to sound cleaner basically right um so they sent it in for for mastering and that's when they got it back and i think that's what steve albini was not happy with like when the mastering was done and it came back he's like it doesn't sound like it should have it doesn't sound like it did when we recorded it so steve albini had the chance to go back and remix it in 2013 and that's what well, did, did you did you dig out, into the reason out. behind all that? Yeah, the, go ahead. The the um, that shoot. They recorded the album with Albini in in their two weeks, and it was it was two weeks because um, they they decided we don't want anybody from the record label interfering. We're not, oh, like, okay. we're not gonna we're not gonna send you uh, demos of the tracks to the A and A and R people. We just want two weeks. We're gonna do the album, and you're gonna get what you can get, and um. According to Albini, they what they put out at the end of two weeks was, was something they were very happy with, and Albini was happy with it. And then um, it was the, the the days and weeks after that where they would play it to their friends, and they and Kurt Cobain had a lot of um, self doubt and second guessing about the production. They said they mentioned that uh, I forget who which one of them said it, but or maybe it was just a consensus among the band. They said. Uh, you can barely hear the you can barely hear the vocals the or vocals the and the bass guitar yeah, yeah. and actually I have a clip about that too so they, um, they they started kind of like second guessing themselves and that's when they went and looked for other people to to kind of re uh re, re remix it basically play play the clip of that yeah this is Kurt Cobain there was confusion for about a month or so after we brought the tape home we listened to it we couldn't we couldn't tell what was wrong with it there was something wrong it just didn't hit us like our other recordings had. And um, it just took us a while to figure out that the vocals weren't loud enough. That was basically what the problem was. The bass was really quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Vocals. That's what we did. So we fixed it in mastering. Right. right. Just EQ'd it a little bit different. Right. And remixed two songs. Right. Yeah. So what I said earlier is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the um, the the 20th anniversary version I'm looking at. On Apple Music is it's only got I think two maybe three tracks from Albini's mix. Yeah, that's the one thing. Like, I, think I just two. I never, they, they, I oh, never, okay. I never found the Albini mix. Well, the, yeah, I see, I see all apologies original Steve Albini and Heartshape Box original yeah. Steve Albini. And if you so, listen to those two, they do definitely sound low in vocals and and bass guitar. So they okay. were right. Um, whether or not that <laughs> is, um, well, I don't know if I so the. The the clips I pulled are, are are from around like 2012 2013 of Albini saying I'm about to go in and start remixing this album so he was involved with it so I don't know how much like here I'll play it. this is him. the record in the store is the record Nirvana wanted you to hear I have no problem with that like it's their band their record they should be the ones to make those decisions I am really pleased that. I have been involved in the remastering of the original version of In Utero. I'm really pleased that I was able to be involved in that project. And we were able to take extraordinary steps to make a good sounding 
uh, LP version of that record. Yeah, the so problem you, is I can't find the original like MP3 version online. I have to go find the CD in my basement somewhere. <laughs> and we actually wanted to hear it. Oh, you know? I have that. And I've yeah, actually, I have the. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I don't yeah, know where. I, I don't know if mine has been obliterated over time or if it's in yeah, a okay. box somewhere. But yeah, well, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's hard it's for me. To, like, we could rip it. I mean, if what did you were you guys able to listen to that and compare it to the? I have it. I have it okay. up right now. If you want to okay. hear it, yeah, I would like to hear that. If there's a, a major difference, I thought there was. Like, if you listen to Scentless Apprentice, this is the original. Yeah. the remix what's that noise i don't know Bow. it's on the original it's just quiet yeah i think the guitar tone on that one is a lot like fuzz box that noise yeah. that that fuzzy you know that typical grunge guitar sound yeah. is is relevant is, is more prevalent there on it's, on it's that not recording. a huge difference it's not I, a huge I, difference i feel like the, the, the drums were really boomy in the original can you play the original yeah, i think i like the original really one boomy. more there are yeah. so personally i listen to both and i there are moments in songs that i think they should have kept like on the remastered version, it, it sounds cooler, and they did some stuff that's that's mm. really cool. But I think our overall sound is better on the the one that came out originally. So yeah, the the, the drums are super, they're boomy. They're yeah, they are. They sound like Dave. How Dave Roll plays. Yeah. Where, like. Yeah, like boom. Yeah, for sure. But the guitar tone when the guitar comes in, that's definitely not as. It's probably better there, actually. So that's the original. Yeah. So that's I think that's anyway. Play the play the remix again, just real quick. Just play the just the intro with the bass drum. Yeah, hold on. I gotta get back to it. I gotta go back and forth between the two albums. Sorry. Okay, that's <laughs> all right. Uh, where is it? Yeah, it's watered down. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Which is consistent yeah. with what Albini kind of had originally. I feel like mm-hmm. he yeah. was. Like all uh, readers uh, taken Al- out of that bass drum. Well, Al- Albini was all about acoustics of a room. Mm-hmm. You really wanted to kind of engage in the sound of how things sound where you're recording. And I don't get that fucking at all. But hey, he he hey, sounds and whatever. like an interesting person and kind of an egomaniac. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, are, are any of you guys? I mean, I've got you know. Then again, he he could have made a lot more money apparently on this album. Yeah, yeah, five hundred thousand dollars. Yes, he, he took he took one hundred thousand dollars. Right. Make it. Yeah. Um, the big thing about him, like, are none of you guys are Big Black fans at all? No, no that's the band he was in, Big Black, right? It, well, no, the, no, one yeah. of, but you know, I've got songs about fucking. I've got you know, <laughs> Rich Man's eight track sitting around. I've here got somewhere. songs about fucking too. That's by Guar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got the Big Black album called Songs About Fucking. But, I'm just saying, you know, that's funny. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what he did, what his music was, was kind of, 
metal-esque, but very much industrial-based, hmm. uh, with a kind of a more of a... I don't know if you guys... Any of you guys listen to Killdozer? No. Mm-hmm. Like, when I listen to his stuff, it's like like an electric version of Killdozer. But uh, one way or another, um, the hell is my fucking point? Speaking <laughs> <laughs> you know, Albini, and he's an egomaniac. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, and he likes know, the room ambient sound. Exactly, exactly. He, he, that's what he was striving to do with his... With, he likes to find the place that he's going to record and find out how that place sounds and then use that sound in how he records things, which, to me, I, uh, fuck you. I mean, <laughs> make the goddamn music sound good. I don't give a shit yeah. with that. I, record it in the goddamn Sistine Chapel for all I fucking care, as long as like when I'm listening to it, I hear, like, when I listen to the two things that we just listened to, the first one sounded like I could hear the fucking bass sound good. Yeah. And the second time, it didn't sound as good. It's just mm. flat. I mean, it, there's, like, more of a hollow echo to it. And, oh, that's the room we were in. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't give a shit the room you're in. I'm in a goddamn car <laughs> driving my ass. So I'm actually stopped in traffic on my way to fucking work. I want to fucking rock out because I'm hating my life right now because I'm in goddamn rush hour, you know? I, I, as we get to the tracks, you'll see there's some songs that actually do work with the remix, I think. Maybe I'm not, sure. but you'll 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 see wasn't the album recorded in like a house because i think they're saying that dave grill's drums were recorded in like a kitchen yeah wasn't that yeah and like with like 30 microphones or something just like surrounded by mics in a kitchen 30 microphones come on (laughs) i know know. but it's like i i would i would it would seems to me that if you were actual true great sound engineer and producer like shouldn't you be able to make a record or a band sound the same in any fucking room you're in. Like it feels like <laughs> should have a system. Yeah. It feels like that's, you're kind of doing a cop out and like, Oh, we recorded this in a, in a fucking horse barn. Like, I don't I mean, <laughs> and I, I get that some albums are recorded in a weird way and it sounds cool on the album. Like, uh, who is it? Um, my morning jacket. My morning. Yeah. The, the, the vocals were done in the silent. Like that is yeah. pretty fucking cool. And I get yeah. that, but yeah, to, to put all the emphasis on like, I have a million microphones on the drums in, in a kitchen. I'm like fuck yeah. off, really? Yeah. It's, it's, no. but, it's not then, but at the same time, Albini was quoted as saying, "Is he's like, if if you have a good drummer, then all you need to do is like get a good drummer, give him a good sounding set, and then just record it." Right. Like that. Like that was. He's like, that's that's all you got to do as a producer. Yeah. But then why are you so obsessed with all this other it's shit? <laughs> with, with the goddamn like, kitchen sink. What does the kitchen like a, sink have to do with it? He seems right. like a weird dude. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Well, Kurt was happy. I have a clip here talking about working with Albini, so we'll play this real quick. Um. So were you happy with? Um, I mean, you know, well, the the sound that our, that Albini got. I mean, was it the drum? The drum right sound away. Yeah. yeah. It, as soon as we started, it, the first song that we recorded, we listened back to it and said, "Okay, yeah, that's his sound. That's what we wanted." You know, which isn't. I mean, it is his sound. It's a trademark sound, but it's something that I personally have had in my head ever since I've been in a band. Ever since we've had this band going, I've wanted that kind of a sound because it sounds so natural and real. And, uh, you know, technology nowadays, 99% of all studios sound too 
you know, digital, digital, you know. Digital. Digital. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do like the, I mean, it's, it's my favorite Nirvana album because, yeah, definitely. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think a lot of it obviously because Nevermind is so overplayed, like half that yeah. album is so overplayed. I think these are better songs too. But yeah, really? I, I do. Wow. I do. I think a lot of these songs are some of my favorite Nirvana songs are on, on this album. So yeah. um, I forgot how fucking good this album is. Yeah. It's been so long since I, I've listened to it. Really? Very good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of oh, funny so you say that. I, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like when I, let's face it, he committed suicide when, right before we graduated high school, Joe. And then April I went to college. Sixth, I think, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. It was, you know, we graduated in June. Uh, and then I went to college. And of course, you know, he was still like this, oh, yeah. And one of my good friends, my friend Ron, he was just, insanely nirvana fan he had you know you know kurt cobain posters all over his room uh he was um you know matt carpenter my friend that we had for the skinny puppy oh yeah his roommate that year you know freshman year of college was our friend ron who was the big uh nirvana fan Uh, he was also a huge iron maiden fan and blah 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 you know um What was it? Uh, you were talking about you. I don't know if you had heard this album or not. Or exactly, exactly. He played this goddamn shit out of fucking Nirvana nonstop. So every time I was in their goddamn room, if if Matt wasn't playing the goddamn Smiths or whatever the fucking <laughs> goddamn bullshit he was playing, you know, Ron would be playing Nirvana. And I don't know how often. I'm sure I did hear all the goddamn songs on this album. At some point in time in 1994, my freshman year of college, but I don't know that I ever really kind of dove into it before I listened to it repeatedly for this. And I don't know if I feel the same way. I mean, there are definitely some good songs on here, but there's hmm. nothing that you know makes me want to freaking you know mosh into a a couch like I did when I was you know hmm. 16 listening to Smells Like Teen Spirit. Man. Very ape, milk it, both those songs back to back. I like okay, all the songs on this. I yeah, me too. Still, still even well, going back to Tourette's, Nevermind. I don't really count Tourette's, but yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, even I could never get that much. I know it wasn't on a Nevermind podcast, but I know I that was never like a like a seminal album for me. It was cool, and I, I enjoyed it. it but no, it was never I one. Like the crap was, out of that. <laughs> It was just it, for me. It was never a staple, and then huh. this one came out, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, and huh. especially, and I hate to say, it, especially if he killed himself, I was like, "Oh fuck!" He really meant this fucking shit that he was talking about. Yeah, God, I had that damn. as a note. Yeah. Actually, it's like because yeah. I, I I was I was trying to find some clips, you know, as much as I could, and and I don't know if I saved this one or not. There, at some point, he talked about how like, um, you know, the the song the, the album was almost called uh, "I Hate Myself and Want to Die," yeah. mm-hmm. right, and. Like he's like, ah, it's just a title. It's just something that I wrote in a poetry book, and you know, like nothing more not... than a joke. Yeah, right. But I, I, I don't buy that. Like, <laughs> well, no, it wasn't yeah. obviously. Like, obviously, yeah. There's other things, and there's lyrics on this album where you're like, oh shit. Well, like, the, the, the very first lyric of the, the album, "Teenage angst has paid off well. Now I'm bored and old." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, there was a. What's that? There's a uh, look on the bright side. Suicide. That's a lyric and milk it. And, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, just it. I know that he was trying to say, ah, it's just, I'm just writing stuff down. It's just part of my process or whatever. No, no, you were, you were a disturbed person. Yeah. Yeah. You were depressed. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I do wonder, and you know, Keith, you mentioned you had that friend who was like obsessed with him. And I, I, one of the questions I had that we could talk about is like, do you think that this band would have had the legacy they had if Cobain hadn't killed himself? Like, do you think if, because I don't think Cobain would have stayed in the music industry much longer, regardless, because he was I, I, pretty much done with it. Like, he was not happy at the end of his life. So, I, yeah. like, I don't know if he'd been, if Nirvana would have broken up. Like, I read, I have it right here, Dave Grohl's book, and he talks about how they weren't really a band at, around the time he got, like, they were just going through the motions. And they didn't, yeah. They hadn't lived in the same areas. No. You know. No. I think Dave was in LA at the time. So, yeah. um, so I don't know. I just wonder if, 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 if you know, it's like I mean, the it's whole speculation, it's speculation. I mean, yeah, it's like, but it's like the whole Jim Morrison thing. And like, uh, you know, you know, Jim Morrison's like this icon, but would he have been an icon if he was still alive? Like, you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. You never, you don't know. Yeah. I know. That's the line I was like, I was thinking of when you were talking about the lyrics, I miss the comfort in being sad. Oh, I have a clip mm-hmm. about that actually. <laughs> On Francis Farmer, Kurt sings, I miss the comfort in being sad. Is this regarding the price you pay for fame? No. That's a ridiculous question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I just, I, that doesn't, I don't know, that was just a line that I picked out of a poetry book that, I, that I'd written. That's right. That's, right. that's right. That's what I said. I was like, "That's bullshit, man." Yeah, that's this bullshit. is all stuff that somebody who's um, depressed is is trying to. Yes. Well, yeah. One way they're letting you know they're very depressed, but at the same time they don't want to fucking talk about it with you. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, absolutely. So they're brushing it off, and then yeah. It's yeah. like the interviewer's like, like, oh man, you're trying to be an advertisement. Fuck you. No, he's just. <laughs> He's himself trying to express an emotion. Fuck you. That 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 whole interview is on uh, YouTube. It's from an MTV interview, and it's like a. It's weird because it's it's basically an unedited version of this. You know, it was probably cut down like a thirty minute interview, but it's like an hour long on YouTube. So there's moments of just this weird, uncomfortable silence where this guy's like flipping through, looking for questions. He's like, "Okay, I have this question." It's just oh so weird. Yeah, he's probably That's nervous weird. as shit. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Yeah, damn stupid for this question. Too? <laughs> right, exactly. That's probably exactly what's happening. But I would have been like, why, I would have been like, why the fuck are you doing this, Kurt? Get the fuck out of here, then. The timeout. No, that motherfucker was probably just trying to please his boss. Is what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. He had no fucking credibility. He was not asking a legitimate. He wasn't engaging. No, you he could went, tell he was reading that from a. Yeah, something else. Somebody okay, wrote, well, yeah. something else wrote. He, he, that, he, I would have said hey. I didn't write these questions. Sorry, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my stupid boss did. <laughs> well, getting back to the like, it is my favorite album. I like it a lot because it's more like it's a more pissed off version of Nirvana. It's like there's moments, Definitely. of course, like you know, um, all apologies is a little tamer, of course, but yeah. like you know, songs like Very Ape and Milk It and. Um, you know, uh, Sinless Apprentice. Sinless Apprentice is, might be my favorite Nirvana song. It's so good. It's really good. Just that riff is great. If this um, came out at the same, like if if Nevermind and this one came out 
side by side, same time. I think it'd be hard to pick which one I like better, but I've heard the songs of Nevermind 18 gazillion times. I think there was only like one song in there that wasn't a single, maybe two. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really hard to be like, yeah, the whole first half of that album was a single pretty much. And I think there's some on the other side, like that became singles as well. I think pretty sure. Anyway, it's overplayed. So it's really hard to just be objective about it. And, and this album wasn't that way. But it's also it's it's this also heavier. Too. This album's a lot heavier. Yeah, and well, sure. yeah. the songwriting feels more intricate on this to me. Like, yeah, the riffs are a little, the the chords and the riffs are are not as straightforward as a lot of Nevermind, mm-hmm. which I like. I think it, you can dig in a little bit more to it. The the beats are not the same. Like I've always hated that smells like Teen Spirit drum beat that, that Dave Grohl. Yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah, hate yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he said it was just ripped off from old disco I, I, I would not say I hate it. Said, it's, it's, it's very simplistic. It's easy, but you know. oh, it bothers. There's, it bothers there's me. a there's a clip of uh, it's him and I, Pharrell. Yeah, him and Pharrell talking about music, and and he's like, I just ripped uh, all that stuff off like from the Gap band and all oh, these yeah. disco. Yeah, yeah. Bands. I've seen clips of that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Pharrell's like, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Well, you oh, mentioned that. Wow, can't believe you say fuck. Yeah. That pop it up, pop. I, I just, I think that's yeah, one of the it's a laziest bed. tropes of old. drumming. That, which, yeah. not that he's, I think he's one of the great drummers of rock of all time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? What? It's, it, it's always bothered me. Dave, Dave Grohl. Grohl. You think he is what? I think he's, he's one of the fantastic great drummers. Have you not seen him? Rock like, and roll drummers of all time. Did you not know this about him? He's awesome. He's good. I would not say. No, he's... no, you're wrong. He's... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't base it off the drums on these two albums. You should go look no, at stuff that listen he's done. To, I, listen to Queens of the Stone Age or I, the self-titled I, yes, Killing Joke album. I do not. I've mm. not listened to any of that stuff. Probot. Probot, yeah. I, Holy shit. The stuff, one, the drums on that, on that yeah. Killing Joke album are fucking awesome. God. Oh, and the Queens of Stone Age album, the song, the song was well, a song of the deaf, song, song of the deaf, or song for the deaf. Sorry, song. Yeah, that song Holy itself. Shit. Oh my so god! You guys, you guys are saying like Lombardo level and no, not uh, not virtuoso. I More. I would. Take, I, would I, I would. I don't know. I guess it depends on the band. I'd rather have Dave. <laughs> Dave Lombardo. <laughs> well, I, he's probably easier to get along with. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you could he's re-recording all of your work, you know. Uh, he's not he's, a thrash drummer. I think, he, I, th- I think he grooves way better. He's a good. He's got. A ton I guess. Of I, I guess yeah. I've never really heard. I've never really heard Lombardo try to groove. He's not That's been. In I don't know. It's a hard conversation. But I'm talking about just like rock. <laughs> I'm talking about rock drummers. Like I'm not talking about. You're, Paul you're Bostaff saying, or Gene Gene Ho- yeah. uh, Gene Hoagland. Hoagland. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not Talking about those guys. That's a guys. different. That's like yeah, a different. Are, it's it is. It's hard to compare those two. That's that stuff where you're like, there's like a handful of people on the planet who can do that. It's like not even a. Mm. I don't know. It's one of those things where you're like, you're, you're, what you're defines just a great drummer? Well, yeah. No. Well, I mean, let's face it. Let's, let's, it goes down to the bottom pure thing. You know. Yeah. Exactly. You're, that's like, good, you're, that's you're saying comparison. you're saying that this. He's got fucking bottoms groove. Yeah. And that. It's yes. A, it's, Bonham yeah, wasn't going crazy. Directly, Bonham but, wasn't doing a. He just had a fucking tempo. I think Bonham is my favorite rock line. drummer ever. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that that's would, a very similar uh, thing. Yeah. That would explain that that why you love Grohl that much. Then I mean, you get a tempo and you can keep it. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise! Any, uh, any, you're a great drummer because most drummers can't do that. That's why. That's why I think Neil Peart is a, a show off, and I don't give a fuck about what he does. <laughs> it's not interesting to me. Well, it's like saying you know someone like I Ingve Malmsteen. Well, I was gonna say Ingve Malmsteen, but comparing mm. to someone like I don't know, like a John Mayer or something. Like John Mayer is a fantastic guitar player, but he's not gonna do like sweeping arpeggios, well, like I, fucking I bet David Gilmore. I bet you. Yeah, there's like David Gilmore. He's kind of yeah. he's kind of like he probably could. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like David Gilmore versus Ingve Malmsteen, they're that's, right. Mm-hmm. Two yeah. completely different guitar players. I'd much rather listen to Gilmore. Yeah, right, of course. Oh, yeah. Any yeah. day. Yeah, Steve sure. I doesn't do a whole lot for me. He's right. incredible no. as yeah. he is, but it's like, okay, all right, bud, chill. Yeah, that's why Eddie Van Halen was so great because he could do both. Well, and Dimebag was the Rhythm same deal. And exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, as long as we're talking about songwriting and musicians, <laughs> Joe, you mentioned you think the songwriting is a lot better. There was a question somebody had. This is, a, I think, it was a German interviewer. He's got a funny voice, but anyway, he asked Kurt about. Uh, well, here I'll, I'll let you let's play it. Do, do you consider yourself being more a songwriter or a guitar player? Oh, songwriter. I have no desire to um, to um, become any better of a guitar player. I just don't. I'm, I'm not into musicianship at all. I don't. Yeah. I don't have any respect for it. I just hate it. You know, to learn how to read music, <laughs> or to understand arpeggios and Dorian modes and all that stuff is just a waste of time. It's just, it just, you know, it gets in the way of originality. It's a weird, weird opinion, but all right. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> uh, Stupid. Time out. Time out, time out. His, his thing is the, the, the bottom way. While it is kind of, you know, the, 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 the Eng Vang Malmsteen is, is the pert. I don't know if way. bottom knew how to read music or not. I don't care, but to just flat, flat out admit, like, it gets in the way of creativity. <laughs> sure, because Beethoven couldn't read music, <laughs> right, bud? <laughs> he's not a good guitar player. Like it's so like, funny because the, the Beatles, seen... the Beatles, they they couldn't play for shit, right? That's why they wrote so many great songs. Like, fuck, <laughs> come on, you're just being a, you're just kind of being a douche for the sake of being a douche. <laughs> if you want to be lazy and say I don't want to play guitar, well, fine, but I mean. Don't it's don't whole... don't don't like spit in the face of musicianship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get that either. Multi-millionaire, but... you know, you you have made your you you don't need to work ever in your life because of the money you've made. From and you're dead. Writing. Well, dude, I mean, not when he was talking, having this conversation, motherfucker. Yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, he's not. A, you know. It's funny. I've seen these these ranking the best guitar players of the grunge era. Well, of course he's going to be at the bottom of that list. He's not. He's not no, a good guitar player. A... I mean, but you you think well, that's about... why they've got a guitar player for the band, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pat, Pat Smear. Pat Smear mm-hmm. isn't really like some kind of virtuoso. Uh, yeah, but he can like, play guitar. Well, one way uh, I saw Billy Bragg he, a few he years quit. ago. He quit before the. Uh, didn't he quit? He bounced no, back and forth. He quit. He quit Foo that, Fighters for a while. That's yeah. what it was. Maybe it was Foo yeah. Fighters. Yeah, yeah, he quit Foo Fighters for a while. Yeah. But he was on, you know, he was on Unplugged with Nirvana, so he was there for that, the whole the whole time. So. Uh, like, years ago, I saw Billy Bragg at the Birch Beer, uh, and he mentioned, you know, his son-in-law, or his uh, 
what the hell is it called? Stepson, you know, is, is the the son stepson, his wife yeah. had before he married his wife. Yeah, stepson. Um, yeah. One way or another, yeah. you know, he was starting to try to play guitar and asked him some, all right, what do you do? And he's, you know, trying to be like, you know, learn how to like do the crazy shit. And, you know, Billy Bragg, who is a world famous folk guitar player kind of thing, you know, just like, all right, you know, have you ever listened to Ramones? <laughs> yeah. Listen to Johnny Ramone. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I can do. That's the style I can do. Okay, well, how do I do? I don't know how to do it. I, I know how to do what Johnny Ramone does. And it's just like, sit there and play your chord over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I am never, ever, ever going to be able to tell you how to do a, a solo. Sure. That's just no, I, I'm. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's fine to say that I don't want to learn music theory, but it's a whole other thing to be like I don't have any respect for musicianship. Fuck off! I think that's a ignorant <laughs> thing to say. You do because you wouldn't worry about your recording studio and who's recording you. You're full of shit when you say stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think it's just him, like, well, I'm, I'm trying to be too cool for the room. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah, that's what it, exactly what it is. Yeah, he's doing the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, should we move on to some tracks? Talk about some of these tracks. Right. Sure. Well, whoa, whoa, the tracks. Should we talk about the cover first? <laughs> yes, we didn't talk about the cover. I have a clip on this actually. Let me play this real quick. Good, yeah, because I've got. How did oh. How did you come up with the title in utero? What what is that? Does it have a specific meaning, or is it meant to be? It just kind of went in conjunction with the, the artwork. Mm. You know, it sounded nice. The artwork came first. Yeah, and then the title. Yeah. And that was. Did you come up with the artwork, or was you know? Yeah, I came up with. I put together. I'd been collecting all these little rubber fetuses and things like that. I've just always been kind of obsessed with birth and death and stuff like that. I'm not, um, I'm not a death rocker, but and, and I don't wear black. But sometimes I like to collect weird things like that. And so I arranged them all together and bought a bunch of flowers and had Charles Peterson take the picture. That's it. It's cool. So yeah, he was. I, in I, fact, I, on, go, ahead. go ahead. I was gonna say the liner notes mentioned that his uh, art direction was by Kurt Cobain. So he's basically the the person who designed and helped photograph the the cover so i have this it's uh human anatomy had always been an interest of cobain since childhood when he received a the visible man atomical model kit no i guess i guess i secretly wanted to be a doctor or something he said in the 1993 interview i always liked anatomy and since i've become a big rock star and made a bunch of money i found this place in the mall of america in minneapolis that sells nothing but medical stuff he recalled often scouring the store for medical charts and anatomical figures similar to the one found on the cover of Inuro. It's like a dream come true. And so, that's in the that's inside the the liner notes. You've got that thing too. Yes, so, as yeah. a matter of fact, apparently a lot of the stuff he found there is what ended up on the back of the. Oh yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah. But so, yeah, so for the most part, the image itself is from one of the dolls that are kind of mannequin kind of things he had he himself imported the uh wings to give it a 
saintly yeah. look. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they carried that over to their live show too. They had the on the stage. They had these big mannequin things with the wings on them too. So the transparent anatomical man. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or something mm-hmm. or mannequin. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a cool album cover. I mean, you know. Yeah. Not as iconic as their other one, of course, but uh, it's but that album cover. Wait. Stupid. No one. No one's suing them. No one's suing over. No one's suing them oh over this. God, Forty I years later, can see a <laughs> penis. Yeah, penis. <laughs> Better than Bleach, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that probably is their best album cover too. Actually, think about it. Better than Incesticide. Oh, by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> album covers. Weird. I don't mean they don't yeah. really have a great album cover. Yeah, and I I think. Metal bands are, are typically the best. Yeah, metal covers. bands have some pretty cool album covers. Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they, yeah. they swing and miss by a mile, but still they're <laughs> memorable. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> if nothing else. Who is it we were making fun of recently with album covers? Is it like Bolt Thrower or somebody? Oh, Bolt Throwers well, are great. Uh, no, it's, uh, who's the be one with the weird mascot the seven thing? Keys, the little... the uh, fucking... Not Halloween. Halloween's got some bad ones. They do. They've got got some bad. I do. All right. Now, can we move on to the tracks? All right. Let's do it. Yes. Whoa, the tracks. Serve the Servants, a weird uh, song to open the album with, I think. Yeah. Did you think that vocal melody sounded like Heart Shaped Box? Wait, what? I don't know. The way it starts off, it's that the way the melody goes sounds like Heart Shaped Box to me. Just a little bit. Hmm. Oh yeah, it kind of uh, does now when I think about it. But this, the music like, around it is so different, and the way the way he sings it is so different. And it's faster. I see. Yeah, I can hear that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What about that it's part? That is same that, da, 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 that you know. the climb up part? Is that, I can't, it's hard, it's hard for me to remember both songs at the same time, but. I know, it's. I can play the other one. keeps doing this though doesn't it yeah yeah so it, yeah. it changes on that after the second or the, yeah, the second line but yeah now that is very similar and hmm. we could look up the music well i know that's that'd be, dropped, I'd be interested but drop c sharp because it's uh two and a half step and then drop 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 d so drop c, c sharp <clears throat> i think that all this stuff is drop there's a half step down i believe I've never really tried to learn the album other than that song. Oh no, not no, it's not. Because uh, at least maybe this album is, but um, never mind. I know uh, smells like Teen Spirit is just regular E. This is yeah. This is just um, what this is D flat, straight oh, no. D flat tuning. So three three half step and a half down. Oh wow! Okay, wow. I think the bass is so that's C sharp. That's what you said, right? Yeah, C sharp. Yeah, it's the same thing. You know, 
Yeah, okay. Um, um, Serve the Servants has a terrible solo, guitar solo. <laughs> but again, he's not, a, he's not a... Exactly. How yeah, many of his, his guitar thing. solos aren't really horrible? I mean, they... Yeah. He doesn't... So, ever, I don't think he ever like wanted to Spirit where he just kind of follows the vocal line. Right. Is that... Yeah, he does that on Heart Shape Box, too, so... Heart Shape Box is... You could almost say it's Teen Spirit Part 2, really. I mean, kind of. But... I don't know. I think this Apprentice is more... I mean, the, the screaming of that is, is more... Oh, it's so good, though. Yeah. Also, the beginning of me is kind of Teen Spirit, also. Mm, true. The song's an E? No, E flat. Okay, so half step, yeah. That's what I thought. I thought this whole album was a half step down, except for Heart Shape Box, which is drop, you know, drop C sharp. Maybe it's because I listened to that King Diamond album or the uh, Merciful Fate album with all the fantastic guitar solos and then I listened to this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man. Man, that sucks. <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> now who, who puts on Merciful Fate and in Nirvana? That's probably pretty rare. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> we do. Oh, no, who puts yeah. on Merciful Fate and then Bikini Kill? <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, even more. <laughs> well, Senseless Apprentice, um, Actually, I have a clip about this song too, because this was uh, Dave Grohl helped write this song. So, oh, oh nice. wait, wait! All three of them, all three of them get writing credit on this. Yeah, he says. Yeah, they, they talk about it here. Setless Apprentice is apparently one of the first songs that you guys have sort of more fully collaborated on than <sighs> yeah in the past. Mm-hmm. Is that a, sort of a direction you'd like to take further in the future? Hell yes! <laughs> Takes the pressure off of me. Um, Dave came up with the drum beat, and we just built the, the song off of the drum. And the riff, yeah. yeah. He came up with the drum beat, and then he showed me the riff, you know? And it was really simple, and, and we thought, well, this this could work. And and I was thinking, mm, this is kind of bonehead. And then, and then I thought, well, we'll work on it. And then and it turned out great. And now I'm excited about it, because now we can write together even more. Oh, bittersweet. Yeah, no idea what a songwriter he had in Dave Grohl. It's I know. Goldmine just sitting right there. Like, I dude. Know. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, I don't want to get too in the weeds with it, but Dave Grohl had, I think at this point, has already started writing stuff on the first Foo Fighters record. So Yeah, he had, yeah. Because I remember he said he showed it to Kurt Cobain, and Kurt Cobain gave him a hug. Oh, really? <laughs> that was his response, yeah. I read that somewhere. He's like, I showed, my, I showed him some demos, and all he did was hug me. <laughs> so I guess he, he was too it. high to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Sinless Apprentice. God, this song is so fucking good. It's really good. I know we played it already, but Some weird lyrics in this song. Yeah. 
Electrolytes smelled like semen. It's a cool drum beat. Yeah. Yeah. Great fucking song. Well, the next verse, he's definitely talking about being dead. Oh, yeah. I lie in the soil and fertilize mushrooms. Leaking out gas fumes are made in a perfume. Yeah. Yeah. You can't fire me because I quit. Yep. This is not a happy guy. No. No. Hmm. Oh, we should ask him. (laughs) Oh. Can't do that. Because we don't don't have his number. (laughs) Too inappropriate. Eric, Eric, how could you? Too, too soon, man. Seriously. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> Almost 30 years later. <laughs> yeah. Too soon. That's the <laughs> prayers. Uh, Heart Shape Box. The hit. The big yes. hit. Yeah. You know what is so fucking good about this song for me is the bass guitar. I was going to huh. say, actually, you know, I never really paid attention too much to what the bass guitar is doing, and it's really cool, like, especially He's during the verses. bends and, and octaves. and Yeah. This I, guy is a bass player I would never aspire to play like, but he's so fucking perfect for this band. Like, yeah, he, he does. He does fit it. I mean, let's face it. They had a problem with drummers, but, you know, he and Kurt really did connect. Yeah. 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 I'll play a little bit of this song. He's also really tall. Yes. He is really tall. I like the That's cool. No one says Christopher Selleck is like a great all-time bass player, but he's actually really so good on these albums. He's... He, he's not. He's I don't know not, if he would. I don't know if he would fit in any other band though. Like he's not Jaco Pastorius, but he does what well, he wants no. to do. Here. Does anyone else remember this? Is he saying, hey, Wayne? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the original Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Hey, Chief, if you've got a complaint, give us a call right here at the studio. They'll start, like, blabbing the people on a video. <laughs> Wayne's World. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess you don't remember that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool, that. man. All right, yeah. Kids too cool for that. Joe, do you remember well, we did this song in Mr. Fister? Heart yeah. Shape Box? Okay. Yeah. I bet it wasn't good. You, you guys. Oh. Yeah, we played this. I sang it, actually. I bet we didn't tune properly. No, we did because we did. We, we, we played half step down. Oh, we did? Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. All right. So we just dropped deed. I can guarantee you I did not play it right. <laughs> there was I no like to play ultimate guitar back then. Right, yeah, no, that's true. And I, I was not good at picking up my songs by ear back then. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun song to play. I, I mean, I haven't played it in, you know, 25 years or whatever, but yeah, it was fun at the time. Fun to sing to. Okay, what does this next song start with? It sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> it's Pussy Planet. Oh, yeah, oh, it was it? Teen Spirit in Reverse. Teen too. Spirit, yeah. Well, yeah, I know that, but. Yeah. I would say it's closer to Pussy Planet, actually. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. I forgot about that. Rave me. I didn't have it pulled up, but let me play this. Rave me, my friend. Rave I wonder if they guar ripped that off and reversed it. It's almost the same exact fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Guar ripped it off from Nirvana, and then mm-hmm. Nirvana ripped it off from themselves, but they made it sound more like the Guar version on accident, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Nirvana was listening to Guar. Who you know? Never know. Never know. Although Dave Grohl seems to know every fucking band on the planet, so he may have. That's true. From, yeah, he's he's from Dave Grohl had to have been friends with those guys back in the 1980s. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we talked about the lyrics of this song a little bit, and yeah. you know, uh, Keith mentioned what am I? So this is—I mean, I have to play this. Kurt Cobain explained the lyrics a little bit. Some of the people who um, responded uh, to the song "Rape Me" said they were offended by it in some way, or that they couldn't understand it. Could you explain the meaning of the song? It's a anti. Let me repeat that: anti-rape song. Um, I don't know. I just thought. Got tired of people thinking, trying to put too much meaning into my lyrics, you know, as being too, uh, not making enough sense, you know. So I decided uh, to be really blunt and bold. So, and I, I just thought it, it's kind of a funny, just reward for a person who rapes, like a guy, like a mean asshole who rapes a woman, violates her, and then he goes into jail and gets raped, you know. Yeah. I, think, I think it's kind of a justice. In a way. <laughs> Why would anyone think that somebody would write a, a pro rape song? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's this guy from Seattle is gonna write a pro rape song. <laughs> like this punk guy. Okay, yeah. All right. The lyrics are, I mean, I I I I wouldn't have taken what he said that it's about based on what the lyrics are. Like, I don't, it no, think, I wouldn't have. Either, I don't think but. that's what the song is about. <laughs> like I know he's because I, I, I swear I read something where they they mentioned that it's about the um, like the media and, and people betraying him, mm-hmm. and that seems more to the point of the song. I think huh. he just I think again it sounds like another bullshit interview response that <laughs> he, he did. Yeah, possible. And I can't I can't I've been looking for for where I read that. Can't find it. But uh, what uh, I think it was like somebody pointed out like hey. Does this have something to do with maybe like the media scrutiny on you now, and then and the pressure that or the like the uh, record company um, pressure? And he said something to the effect of that. Well, that makes sense. I can see why people would think that. <laughs> like, probably because that's what the song's about. Maybe. Well, I, I get the sense from him that a lot of his lyrics are the kind of lyrics that are written to have the listener interpret them the way the way they want to. Like, yeah, that's yeah. why I don't think it being straightforward. About yeah. actual physical 
rape is what the song yeah right right really means but right i can't find anywhere on these lyrics where it's like the guy went to prison and gets raped like i don't see that anywhere in here so it just um, sounds like him deflecting again <laughs> yeah. good chance yeah. i found a weird thing well whenever i hear this song and i get to the 140 mark it always reminds me of black sunshine and the part of black sunshine it reminds me of is also the 140 mark whoa whoa creepy freaky <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. No, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You said Black Sunshine, right? Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't Black Sunshine. It was a Thunder Kiss? Th- 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 yes. Sorry, Thunder Kiss. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Wanna try me? Every time. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just similar. The way it hmm. stops and this. now you'll never unhear that i played that francis farmer clip already um this is one where so i'll play the original first this 220 mark is specifically what i'm talking about this part here Listen to that on the remix or remaster, whatever you want to call it. Listen closely here. Second guitar comes in louder. Now it's quieter again. Yeah. Now they're both together. I'm not saying I like it better or worse. I just oh, also there's a little like a what is that? Bell, yeah, you can hear it better on the original. Maybe not. Well, yeah. you can hear the bell stuff more on this one. I, yeah. I I didn't hear that bell stuff at all in the original. It's I know there. the bing 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 bing. I know that oh, okay, part. Okay, that's but, yeah, that's there. Did you hear the bell in the background now? It's like, ting, ting. It's almost like someone's got bottles lined up and they're just going. Yeah, totally. Like, why is that there? Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't think I ever heard that until today, honestly. Yeah, and and again, the remaster is like even clearer. So yeah, and I think on headphones you hear things a lot clearer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, versus your 1978 Toyota Corolla. (laughs) You're not gonna hear that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great song though. Great riffs throughout this song. Yeah, really good. But yeah, like I missed the comfort of being sad. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, so this is another interesting thing with the remix. Dumb. Here, I'll play the remix first so you can hear what they did, which I don't like this decision. I'm not like them, I can pretend. 
We'll get to the chorus. You'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's no cello. They took the cello out. Oh. That's stupid. That's yeah, stupid. Why would you do that? I don't know. You could hear it before in the verse. I know. I don't know why they did that. It's still in there a little, I think. It's just... But they don't have that... This is the original. So much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This song's great on the unplugged too. Oh yeah. My heart is broke. I have some blue. Help me in hell. Mandy with you. We float around. Hang out on clouds. Then we come down. That little vocal kind of, you know, pitching his vocals there. Reminded me, I forgot to play this clip, but they talk about Kurt's vocals on this album, how he did them. I'll play this real quick for you. In In Utero, they did intentionally want to make a more primitive record. And by primitive, Steve Albini, obviously. Like a rudimentary record. I just mean a record where the band sound was unvarnished. The bulk of the record, the vocals that Kurt is singing are his first take of singing the song. Like he sat with this broken acoustic guitar in his lap. And had me play the songs back to him, and he would sort of strum along on this acoustic guitar and sing the songs. Uh, and that was exactly the way he wanted to present it. Hmm. Yeah. So first take. Yeah. I mean, they did the whole thing in two weeks, so it's not that surprising yeah. it was first take. But it's crazy. I like that. I like that. Like they're trying to make it more raw and just take, you know, the first take. You know. Yeah, so I mean, that's cool. Speaking of guy who's made that mistake many, many times in the studio, <laughs> God damn it, take your time. <laughs> I, I can't even. You're in a listen. punk band. You're supposed to. Do I that. can't even <laughs> yeah. listen to like so many of my old stuff. It just it's like oh wow, I can hear every mistake I make and Scott makes and Dan makes. It's just like oh god, why didn't we stop? <laughs> Did we mention that? Um, they paid the the band paid for the recording of this. No, we didn't. Yeah, that's true. They paid for all the studio time themselves and kept like like they didn't throw out any any uh, tape because it was done analog and they didn't throw anything out. Yeah, but there's dumb, and it was dumb that they took the cello out. Yes, <laughs> but would, but, it makes no sense. But the next song on the remix, I like better actually. It's, I don't know, I think it sounds a little more raw, and it's just, uh, here, I'll play it. Very ape. This has oh, one, of, start, my, this has one of my different. favorite lines ever from a Nirvana song. Which one? If you ever that? need anything, please don't hesitate to ask anyone else. <laughs> someone else ask, first. Ask yeah. someone else first. Someone else, yeah. That's great. I think this that would be a great like, uh, signature on your yeah. Yeah. emails. <laughs> <laughs> or on a mug. You can hold it up during Zoom meetings. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this starts different, too, which I like the way it starts. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah. I do like that. I'll burn up to my neck and contradiction 
Very, very good. Yes. Yeah. That's heavy. Like, yeah. You know, for Nirvana. That's heavier than anything on the last album. Yeah. Are they capable of being heavy? Please yeah, for sure. Well, they were. Stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Man, I love that song, though. Yeah. I don't know if, yeah, I mean, I, I could play I the other question. I have a question about, oh. No, go ahead. It's fine. It's about Milk It. Yeah, that's fine. I just want to know, does he say dull steak or doll steak? I always thought it's, it was dull. It's, I, I think, think it's doll. I think it's doll, yeah. It's in the lyrics. D-O-L-L. Not, not, it, not like it changes a fucking thing. I just, no, it doesn't. finally <laughs> looked at the lyrics and I was like, oh. Neither one makes a whole lot of sense, so... No. This says doll steak. Let's see what the actual CD says. I think it says doll steak on this, too. I think it's doll also, yeah. Gotta get out my readers. Get out your readers. <laughs> you gotta run down on the end of your nose. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's doll steak. Okay. D-O-L-L. Melvin's sounding. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get to the chorus. That's fucking heavy too. Awesome. Oh yeah. Can you get to the little giggle he does at the end? Yeah, I think that's the last one, right? Yeah. God, this is so Melvin's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. Ain't enough distortion to be in Melvin's. Not in this part, but the heavy part. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> What's he laughing at? Yeah. There's probably a story there that nobody's sharing. I'm sure. There's that lyric look on the bright side suicide. Like somebody farted or something right as he did it. <laughs> <laughs> probably something like that. Yeah. It's nice to hear him laugh. I don't think he did that very much. Right. It seemed like. No. No, no point in being sullen. <laughs> kind of a sullen band, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Any royalty, I think, has one of the original um, Albania recordings. That's what I was looking for. Let I think see. that was one of the two. There's a Penny Royalty Scott Lit mix as well. So we one of the guys who they went to afterwards to remix. Yeah, it, there were. I think I didn't we talk about that. Uh, there were two songs. I think yeah, Penny Royalty and. Um, Heart Shape Box, I think, was the other one, maybe, that, that were sent to the sky to remix or remaster. Remaster, I think, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I've heard this. I'm on my time. Sucks. <laughs> Sounds way different. <laughs> More fucking cello, man. <laughs> 
mean, the, the bass is pretty low. I thought they were talking about it earlier where the vocals and bass were too low. It's a lot of um, screaming harmonies in the left ear. Yeah, that's what I'm I, that's, yeah. that's I think that's what that's I think. Yeah, I think that the, the harmonies were probably too loud or, or the main vocal wasn't loud enough. Because I play the original... Definitely different. Yeah. And the bass is louder, too. This is a song with warm milk and laxatives. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on warm milk and laxatives. It's Delicious. about a guy who rapes a girl and goes to prison and has to be <laughs> laxatives. I shouldn't joke about that, should I? I'll edit that out. So. I'm, I'm not joking about rape. <laughs> the consequences, I'm joking about his stupid answers. Okay, man, gotcha. We should probably not have this conversation. George Carlin would back me up on that one. <laughs> Cherry flavored. I like this drum fill. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. Great vocal yeah. harmonies. Really good. Well, that's the thing about, like what Joe was saying earlier with the songwriting, like, I know he, he he said he's not into musicianship, but he can write a fucking hook, you know? Oh, yeah. He knows how to write a Absolutely. song. Yeah, he does. So, um, you know, I, I think maybe his uh, uh, legend status might be a little overblown, but, um, you know, the dude could write, write good music, for sure. Yeah. So... Really good songwriter. Yeah. Are we going to skip Tourette's? We don't need to talk about the song. There's a part in Tourette's, actually. What about oh, radio, radio, radio friendly shift, unit shift? We're going to talk about that. Yeah, we can and talk about that song. Tourette's go to 50 seconds in. It sounds like Slayer. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. All right. Let me hear that. I think I know what you're talking about. Right there. Mm-hmm. But you skipped the song. I know, we'll go back to it. That riff is pure Slayer. Not now, but before. Yeah, I got you. The song's so short, it doesn't, It just on a listen, it doesn't bother me. It's just, yeah. it's just the thing that's there. That's okay. They talk, they, they, they talk in their interviews about how they... Metal riff. Well, they, they talk about in their interviews how they have the loud Nirvana and I think he called the candy pop Nirvana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... They kind of have to balance themselves balance out, I guess, out, yeah. stuff. Yeah. And like, radio... uh, it's like kickstands or, or something on Soundgarden album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or or whatever that stupid song that Ben Shepard sang on the one album. Oh, think, God. Oh, yeah. What was that? Yeah, Half a Chance or something like Chance. Uh, was it? Uh, no, it was. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. 
But that's what he says, right? If you give me half a chance, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So they, they, I guess they have these, these creative like swelling areas that they just got to put out and then get it over with and, and get back to the good stuff. That song on that Soundgarden album, God, always skip that one. God, what the fuck? <laughs> what are the it's point just, of that song? Yeah, it's pointless. I was gonna say it's totally pointless. <laughs> oh, roll, 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 roll. Oh. <laughs> like fuck off! Why did you do that? <laughs> God. All right, radio friendly unit shifter. Oh, this is another one on the remix. I know I keep going back to that, but I had, um, had one fourteen is, is when I make this one. Of so I'm gonna start. Let's see. Where is this? Listen to the beginning on the remix. Which one is this? This is the remix. Okay. You can hear the uh, lyrics yeah. there. Yeah. He says, what's your name? Do you like me? Yeah. I never knew what he said there because all I heard was, what's your name? <laughs> I never knew there were any words there until I was reading the lyrics just now. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Yeah, I can actually hear him say it. It's crazy. Play the you say one. I'll play the video. Yeah. This is their. Oh, hold on. Yeah, I wouldn't even have. Nope. Thought anything of that. You said one fourteen, Keith. No, they opened this on their uh, subsequent tour. They opened this song. Yeah, I mean, they're one of those bands that you know they're not going to do the typical. We're going to open with the first song on their album. You know, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, we're going to play the songs that you don't want to hear. But you know, face it, you know, big recur- recurring inference there is, is, you know, what is wrong with me? Well, their the live album that came out was it? I don't know if it was before he died or after. After the Wish Call or whatever, yeah, that was a really good collection. Yeah, that was good tracks. That was after. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Unplugged was the last. And they're album. They were well, actually, maybe you probably wouldn't be shocked to realize they're they're really good live bands because basically this album is recorded live for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All apologies. Uh, This is another one. The remix is very different. Um, and oh. this is the one that had the. Uh, well, there's also the original. You can yeah, the original. Let me find that one first. So we, can, we can listen to three versions of this. Yeah. <laughs> three. 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 Third on a three. Third on three. <laughs> We've, we heard the unplugged version probably more than any. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's the original Steve Albini mix. That's a fucking awesome guitar lick. Mm hmm.
That sounds like you're at a bar listening to them and the drummer's too fucking loud. <laughs> Those are pretty loud drums. Whoa! And then that distortion pedal is way too high for the mix. Yeah. It is way too loud in the mix for sure. Yeah. It's the original. Wait, this is the original? This is the original, yeah. Oh. Cello, too. The other one, I don't think it had cello at all, did it? No, it didn't. Yeah. That guy doesn't like cello, does he? Apparently not. Get rid of it. <laughs> Wait, this is That's the original, punk rock. This is the original, yeah. Original right? Yeah. Like, no, the one that's on the album, the one that you've heard on the CD. This, okay. That's this okay. one. The first one I played is the original. It's the Steve oh. Albini mix from 2013. So okay. One more, but not the not the 1993 Albini mix. Oh no that that was the 93. Sorry. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that what? was the 93 Albini mix. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was the original first one they put out. They didn't put out first one they took from the yeah, studio. Yeah. Yeah. This right. is the but, one that came out that year on the yeah, CD. Correct, yeah. And then there's another version. That came there's out another version of 2013. years later. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think it sounds much different. Keith's falling along. Keith's falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm done with this band. What the fuck? Why are we still talking? It's been two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's four in the morning, Grandma. You win. <laughs> That's right. Uh, ooh, you talk about never mind that. <laughs> oh, I heard that second guitar or that. There's cello. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like a second guitar just going blong, blong, blong. Oh, yeah. I hear an acoustic. Yeah, me too. The source is still too loud on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are we going to listen to the third version? <laughs> that was the third version. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh my lord. Well, that makes sense then. <laughs> oh, the, I, I put the remix version does have some interesting string stuff near the end, starting around two thirty. Let me see what that is. Two thirty in the morning. Hear those? Huh. Yeah. I don't know if I like that better or not. I don't. No, probably not. I don't think it adds anything. It's pointless. Yeah. Extraneous. All right. Uh, grade. Grade this thing. Easy. Wow. A plus. Wow. Yep. Huh. I'll go A. 
I say uh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just say uh, Tourette's is like a I don't know. It, it doesn't really. It's a skippable song. Yeah. It's a minute and a half. Otherwise, otherwise, perfect album. But hmm. yeah, a. Yeah, I'd say a. Um, I'm gonna go C plus. C plus. Nothing. Nothing jumps out at me. It's memorable here. I've heard all the songs that are overplayed, and none of the other <laughs> stuff actually makes me want to go back to listen to it more. Hey, I, I, I don't know. I think the only, well, the only overplayed songs are Heart Shaped Box and uh, All Apologies. I, I would say. Rate me. All Apologies, I think, was the one that got played the most. Yeah, for sure. And rape me, rape me was unplugged. Not overplayed. I mean, I just, uh, I just yes, I it ends with that song. Well, the 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 MTV unplugged, I think, ends with that. Do both? Was the album end with that too? I have it. Over I think there. It does. Yeah, I think so. Pretty sure it does. Yeah. I might. I was, my grade might be inflated because of like I forgot how much I liked it. Probably, but fuck it. It's really it's yeah. their best album, I think, easily. Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I, I love listening to it again. Finally listening to this, I'm like, you know what? Never mind. Beats the living shit out of this. So, uh, no, it's not even close for me. It'd be hard uh, for like I said earlier. It'd be hard for me to pick if if I hadn't heard Nevermind eighteen bazillion times. The songs have <laughs> been drilled into my head. Just yeah, yeah. It's really difficult to be objective about that. For the fact mm. that those songs are yeah, I mean that's so the whole thing for me. For me, like I uh, avoided listening to this, and now like I like I don't know that I ever listened to this. Mm. In, I just feel like know, these from songs start are to so much until this you know last month, and I don't know. It, it's an I'm hour. Surprised you don't. It, I mean, it's good. It, it's yeah. fun. It's fine, but it's not. It's not. Never mind. Like very ape and milk it. Those two songs. Never mind. So simplistic in, in, in its format. I just don't know and why. This it's one just doesn't have so good music. Oh. This one has intricate riffs going on, and, and I don't know. It, I also it, like that they didn't try to do Nevermind Part Two. Yeah, you, you got, are right. You are right. They got, they got a lot of shit from the record labels for it. Oh, fuck well, em. I think that's what the record la- all the record label wanted was money. They, they don't give mm-hmm. a shit. Yeah. Well, they, they made plenty shit. of money. This exactly. album did pretty fucking well. They could well. give a rat's ass if, yeah. Yeah. If, if if what the hell was created was actually good. They don't give a shit as long mm-hmm. as it makes them money. And fuck them. Well, this made this made a, a lot of money anyway, didn't it? It was oh, it, it what, did. It came it out did. like oh, absolutely. It oh, number one, number one. yeah, yeah it's it number one, and it, it sold yeah. a shit ton of and they didn't, copies. They even said they didn't try to promote it super aggressively. They yeah, they actually about... released it on vinyl first, and then <clears throat> there's some hey. stuff about that we didn't no. get into, but no, no. no. That's, it's all on the internet if you want to research more <laughs> on your computer. <laughs> The record company did tell him just make a happy Nirvana or Nevermind Part Two. You should you should totally do that. Good luck. That was their that was their uh, recommendation. So <laughs> I'm trying to see how many it's not it's not a good time okay. to try something different right now, guys. You They're know? never gonna uh, say that. They're risk averse. It's like it's like telling a kid not to do something. You know that's exactly what they're gonna want to do. The, the moment you tell them don't do that, <laughs> the first reaction is gonna be I want to go do that. Don't and do drugs. <laughs> that's right. 
Mm, Album sold over five sound million. Awesome. But I'm making so much money million? off of them, Dad. <laughs> they sold over five million copies of this album. Jeez. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got I got that right there. So yeah. I have that and, and I have the C D. So and it yeah. apparently still sells great. Um a big boost, unfortunately, was right after he died. Yeah. It well, was shot, yeah, it shot up like fifty spots in the charts. But yeah, that always happens though. Yeah. The moment an artist dies, the you know, first thing that happens is oh, they're number one on the charts again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? There's one thing I wanted to play that I didn't. <laughs> this is kind of funny. It's kind of random, but there's so there's some bonus tracks on here. One of them which is called uh, "Gallons of Rubbing Alcohol." What is it? Uh, runs through it or something like that. Yeah. Flow through the strip. Flow through yeah. the flu strip. This was um, originally titled something like. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I'll take you down to the pavement. A reference yeah. to an argument between Cobain and Axl Rose. Yeah. Yeah, Which that was sure the thing at the at the Gram or the uh, MTV Music video, Awards. Yeah, video video music awards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I had I'm, to place a bet, I'm pretty sure Axl Rose would beat the shit out of Kurt Cobain. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's not that I'd want to see that. But yeah, Axl Rose no. is a lunatic. Yeah, and he's not a small guy. <laughs> he's not that big. No. He's. I mean, Kurt. I think Kurt Cobain was a little fellow, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> he's Garmin. I'm just a little guy. I mean, I always figured, I mean, like, Axl Rose was smaller than us. I don't think so. And, like, 92, he was in let pretty me, good let shape. Me get, let me get a point of reference. How, right. how compared to us, what is Sebastian Bach? Oh, I'm sure he's, like, he's, like, he's like six okay. foot seven, six. Maybe? He's, he's, he is, he's, he okay. is so tall. I wanted tall. to make sure we had a good point of reference yeah. here. If, if Keith was like, yeah, he's, like, 5'2". Like, no, yeah. he, that guy is tall as shit. He's but, six three. Yeah. He's actually not as tall as I thought he was. Sebastian <laughs> Buck. Let's see, Axel Rose. I'm gonna say he's six foot exactly. Oh, five nine. He's short. Oh, he's short. short. Yeah, short. Shorter than but I he's gonna five think. nine. Whoa, 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 whoa! Well, stop. Five nine is the male average. <laughs> right. Just so you know, he's shorter than I thought he would be. How about that? that's? I think me and Tim and Keith's height probably. I'm I think I'm ten. technically five eight and a half. I'm five ten. Okay, sure, what? sure you are. Eat my dick. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, going back to that rubbing alcohol song, this is another that German interviewer asked him about it too. What the hell does the title mean anyway? Oh, gallons of rubbing alcohol. We'll cleanse this strip. Well, I guess it's our contempt for the hairspray, um, Guns and Roses poison scene that was going on in LA two years ago. That's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't. Li- the song sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, it's yeah. seven fucking minutes. Oh, it's, it's just them making noise, isn't it? Yeah. They they went to another. They recorded at some place in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. And just they they recorded like three songs, I think, and they just literally played whatever. There was some more in that interview too, where they talked about it. And they're like, we were just riffing and. Dave was playing a drum beat and Chris started playing a bass line. I just played whatever over top of it and started singing some nonsense lyrics. And nah, like, that's a waste of time. Yeah. Seven and a half minutes of that. That's like uh, us practicing in Percival when we were drunk, basically. Yeah. They recorded that. We're recording <laughs> this podcast right now. Oh. <laughs> well, one of us is drunk. Yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah well, okay, fine. But, you know. <laughs>
This is going to be our version of gallons of rubbing alcohol for <laughs> strip. <laughs> is what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's a song called Moist Vagina. I didn't listen to that either. Mm. I, I really don't have interest in Nirvana B-sides, really. No. So we will talk about them next year, though, because they did put it out the unplugged, and I think that's worth talking about for sure. Yeah. When did the um, live, like, live compilation album? I think it was 94 also. Or it may have been 95, but I feel like it was 94. It may have been 95. I have no recollection of that whatsoever. The Nirvana really? Live in Wish Car, wherever it was. Yeah, the Money Banks of the Money Banks of Wish Wish. Yeah, Money God. Banks of Yeah, that's what it was. Money Banks. God, I haven't looked. At, I don't recall that at all. It's kind <laughs> of a big deal. I felt like October first, nineteen ninety six. Oh no, oh. shit! Yeah. Actually, they've got a lot of live stuff. Apparently, no. I have um, I have this, which is uh, live at Reading. Nerve okay. exploding. Yeah. Um, I have obviously the unplugged. And then I have this, which I got at a record convention, Ooh. which is Kurt's last show. Oh, has he got makeup on? So. Looks great. And they open with a radio-friendly unit shifter on this album. It's a live one. Yeah, this is really good. If you guys want a copy of this, I can get it to you. Yeah, I wouldn't mind hearing it. Yeah, it's very good. You can probably find it on YouTube. but uh, I'm sure, yeah. But yeah, this live at Reading is official, and it's really good, too, actually. Recorded August 30th, 1992. So there's actually not, so it's 92. So there's actually not a lot of stuff. There's nothing off of, uh, and you were on here. So you might not like it, Joe. <laughs> no, I don't. It's not that I dislike um, Nevermind. I just, I don't think it stands up yeah. nearly as well. Yeah. The but last tick, but the album sells say I'm wrong. So, uh... right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure we're in the minority by saying by thinking this album is their best, but it's fine. I don't care. Hey, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, self. Uh, admittedly, I I kind of fell into the. I really got into Nirvana after he died too. I went oh, really? The phase. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's like when I got like this last the last cry. I was listening to Unplugged a lot, you know. So I didn't play that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, because it was. Um, Alice in Chains and Soundgarden were by far my favorite Seattle bands. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, yeah, these guys, you know, of the of the big four grunge, I guess you call them. They're 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 my Megadeth. Wow. <laughs> 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 I rank, rank them lowest. I still don't think Pearl Jam's grunge, but well, yeah, they they just I mean, got lumped into it. Yeah, people people lumped them into that category, so because of their where they came from and basically yeah. yeah but yeah i mean nirvana and pearl jam pretty two different bands very different yeah all right people are falling asleep so we should probably end this thing <laughs> <laughs> all right okay. well uh yeah next time i don't know what we're talking about maybe death. 93 goodies yeah probably yeah, death. Death, it's gonna be death and annihilator there you go oh my god yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Should oh. talk about Voivod also. Go see Guardians of the Galaxy three if you haven't oh. already because it's fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting to do that. That's, all, anyone... that's all I'll say. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Fuck it. All right, for Keith and Joe and Tim, I'm Eric. Saying. <laughs> Thank you. Good fucking night. Energy, energy, aggression, power. To sum it up, it's a 
vulgar display of power. Sometimes I think you drink just a little too much blood. I'm sorry, I'm going to be a bloodaholic and I'm a Cutting up. Cutting up big time. They are miserable slaves of Satan. Some cunts recording this. <laughs> Yeah.